This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Hey, you held him to 20 points, man. You gave us a chance at the end, but I got three words for you. You like that? That's the uh, that's the sound of a party at Applebee's tonight. A party at TGI Fridays, Pizza Pizza Ranch. Pizza. Where, where do you nah, go to celebrate nah. the day the, the day that you have a forty five million dollar guaranteed year of employment kick in? Where do you celebrate if you're Kirk? Pizza Ranch. You're going to go to Pizza Ranch because he's obviously going to get the discount, but then he's going to go home and sleep on that amazing sleep number bed. Oh, a hundred percent. Great night's rest. No offense to the fine folks. At the ranch, because I'm sure it's very good. It's not. But one, but one, they're not located that close to the cities as far as I know. And second of all, I'm going to go out on a limb right now and say that uh, Kirk Cousins doesn't dine at Pizza Ranch. And on his way home from wild practice, Suits does not stop at Quick Trip to get that uh, night's meal. Mean? So I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I think that you're actually, you know, you know where he'll go. He'll go where the heist started, Phil Mackey. He'll head back to the Capitol Grill tonight. That's where <laughs> it all started, the Capitol Grill for him with the Vikings. He's going to head back to reminisce about the about the utter and complete heist of a contract. Now two of them that he has managed to lock into. Capitol Grill is my that's yes. Amazing. So, all right, Mackie and Judd on this Friday. And by the way, I know that some of you are going to be very disappointed we made, and, and AJ's very lucky. He's filling in for Declan this week, but uh, because Declan loves Rom-Com Rewind so much and he's not back until Monday, we made an executive decision to put off Sweet Home Alabama on Rom-Com Rewind Friday until next week. So if for any of you who, this, if this might ruin your weekend, we apologize. Just make sure that you are all watching Sweet Home Alabama for next Friday's Rom-Com Rewind. But the most important thing today, in addition to Anthony Edwards taking over the Timberwolves franchise, which we will get to, is this is Happy Kirk Cousins Day. This is the day, the third day of the 2021 league year, that Kirk Cousins' 2022 next year's contract mm-hmm. kicks in. A $45 million chunk of salary that the Wilfs will now be on the hook to pay him. Um, and so... There's an article today. I'm going to just read a couple excerpts and get your reaction. Yeah, very exciting. I think they, I think my guess is Kirk Cousins and his family probably play on a on a celebratory night like this, chain restaurant roulette. You put like 10 chain restaurants in a hat, you mix it up and you and maybe you even do a couple different rounds. Like you do an elimination, you get rid of 5 on the first elimination round. It's a big it's a big event, I think. Yep. Chain restaurant roulette. And Chili's wins. Yeah, and by the way, whether it's Chili's or Applebee's or Pizza Ranch or Quick Trip, this is not a knock on any of you. If you'd like to sponsor the Mackie and Judd Show or Purple oh, you know Daily. What? Quick Trip, I will stop on my way home <laughs> to pick up my dinner 
at your place. I'm just saying my guy suits 13 years, 98 million doesn't. Judd Zolgad would love, he would love to pull up in front of a quick trip every day and get that <laughs> dinner, that delicious meal to take home for Dawn Judd and Zol- myself. It's Judd Zolgad here for the egg salad sandwich on wheat at Quick Trip. I had a burrito. I stopped home three times. I stopped three times a day for egg salad sandwiches. <laughs> that burrito was outstanding, and tonight it's going to be a salad because I'm on a diet. That burrito is outstanding, and boy, did it get its revenge! But that's why I go to Quick Trip for the toilet paper too. They've got everything. It's great. Anyways, mm-hmm. so Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins going into 2021 has the third highest cap hit of any player in the NFL. The other two are Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. And as of right now, he has the second highest cap hit going into 2022 behind the recently restructured Matt Ryan. Matt, Matt Ryan's cap hit is now $48 million for 2022 because they lowered it this year to save some money and they pushed it into next year. Um, and so, and by the way, the more you do that, like you, you have to then – you, you have to pay quarterbacks for more years in the future and guarantee money into the future. So, yeah, Kirk Cousins might never play on the $45 million cap hit for next year. They'd either have to restructure and guarantee him more money into 2023 and beyond or trade him. But Chad Graff from The Athletic this morning, he writes, Today, the entirety of Kirk Cousins' 2022 salary becomes fully guaranteed, and the answer to the question above is clear. No, they're not trading Cousins. To understand why, it's important to look at the very top of the organization. General Manager Rick Spielman talks with Vikings ownership, led by Mark Wilf, on a near-daily basis. Early in the offseason, ownership discussed goals for the season ahead. They're not interested in rebuilding. They want to reach the playoffs in 2021. They view the Pittsburgh Steelers as a model franchise, one that rarely changes coaches and consistently reaches the playoffs. That's what the Wilfs want with the Vikings. So the Wilfs' message when it came to a potential Kirk Cousins trade was simple. Don't make us worse at the sport's most important position. The appetite for a rookie quarterback or a veteran worse than Cousins wasn't there because they still think their window to win the division is open. In basic terms, Cousins was not traded because ownership would rather try to be good every year than roll the dice on likely being really bad for a few years in hopes that they'd eventually be really good. I hate that last notion, um, and we can get into it. But, Joe, when you digest Kirk Cousins' day and Chad Graff's inside reporting, what are your thoughts? My thoughts are this. what we because I think we talked about this um, a month back or so. What we heard is exactly correct, and Chad does an outstanding job of writing with knowledge of information he was told without actually writing all of that because it could sell out potential sources, I'm sure. But, yep. the, but the reality is this, the San, the San Francisco 49ers in particular called the Minnesota Vikings and they said, what would it take to get Cousins? And this was around the same time that the Rams-Lions trade, which included Goff going to Detroit and Stafford going to the Rams, occurred. And from what I was told, there was a serious conversation among the powers that be in the football department about a trade. because. They probably could have pried away a first-round pick. Um, And that conversation involved Spielman. That conversation involved Zim, who, keep in mind, is in no way, shape, or form in love with Kirk, okay? It was then, because it's such a high-profile position and because Kirk is so well-paid, it was then run up the flagpole, as it has to be, to people that own the team, the Wilfs, who said exactly what Chad wrote. 
we didn't do this. We didn't do this to bail now. We want to be consistently good. And Chad says, Pittsburgh, when they bought the team, I was told the exact same thing when I was on the beat. Only the difference then is they said the Giants. Um, So there were definitely internal discussions about the option of trading Cousins to the team that makes the most sense. And basically, the people that own this team said, no, we want to run it back with Kirk because they have been, and in their defense, they are not really football people. They're football fans. And imagine this. If you're told that somebody is going to be starting in 2018, Bill, your savior, right? Like, this is the chip. This is the Super Bowl chip. If we can go get him and pay him, and they paid Kirk, what, a guaranteed, that first contract, $84 million over three years. And the Wilfs then extended him last March, and we're told the whole time, this is our guy. And now the people that know football come back to you, and they're like, yeah, you know, we're thinking of bailing. What would you say? So, I mean, this is a predicament created by the people that run the football operations for the Vikings, but the Wilfs in their mind, and this is this could this might be just totally wrong, but in the Wilfs in their mind are doubling down now and saying, No, you told us this was going to work. Make it work. My yeah. arg my argument last thing is I think the ship has sailed on this portion of it working. But they are football fans, and part of them not meddling a ton in football decisions also means they have an implicit trust in the people who tell them what's going to work. So I think it's harder for them to then bail when that group comes back. It's like, I don't know about this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think my main takeaway here, and this is, this is wonderful reporting by Chad Graff. Clearly, he clearly has a bunch of information that he's delicately trying to relay to Vikings fans here. And and it's it's a really good job of saying it's pretty much exactly what we've been saying on this show in Purple Daily for weeks and months, which is Vikings ownership is more concerned about maintaining a level of good and semi relevance out of fear of being three and thirteen and four and twelve. I, I think I think they are deathly afraid, and I am not even saying this is a I I agree. You, you don't want to be the Cleveland Browns from two thousand to two thousand. 19 right like i get that fear you don't want to be the lions you don't want to be the jets the, the laughing stock mm-hmm. um they fear that more than they crave winning a super bowl and and the the article sort of lays that out over the course of the the first few paragraphs and to me the decision to continue forward with kirk cousins contract as the third highest paid player to the cap and then the second highest paid player to the cap and continuing to kick the can down the road shows me that they're not actually serious about winning a Super Bowl in the next two years. And you might say, well, what do you mean? Like, you, you're being way too hard. The offense was good last year, and they're adding defensive pieces. Let's just look at history for a second, because every team is filling holes and getting better. And like, or, you know, there, There's a few teams like the Saints and the Bears that have clearly taken steps back from last year, in my opinion. Um, but, like, every team is looking to fill holes in free agency and stuff. So, the Vikings aren't the only team that gets an injured player back. The Vikings aren't the only team that's looking to take a good offense and make it great, okay? Other teams are fighting for the same thing. In the history of the NFL, no team has won a Super Bowl with a quarterback making more than 13% of a team's salary cap. Kirk Cousins is on the hook for 17% of the team's salary cap this year, and 
you know, based on projected caps, something over 20% of the team's salary cap in 2022. Mm -hmm. So what makes you think, as an ownership group, what makes you think that Kirk is the guy that's going to buck that trend and that this Vikings team and this Vikings coach, Mike Zimmer, is going to be the first team to ever overcome a bloated quarterback contract? To me, when when you have made the decision to pay a good, not a, like, people think we trash him all the time. Kirk's a good quarterback, making great quarterback money in a league that you are confined by salary cap restraints. When you've committed to pay a good quarterback, great quarterback money, mm-hmm. you, you essentially have committed to not being a Super Bowl contender. Un- unless, unless that quarterback has more of a clutch gene or unless that quarterback uh, is Pat Mahomes or... And in that case, you'd be paying a great quarterback, great quarterback money, and so it doesn't equate. Mm-hmm. Now, are they serious about winning a division? Sure. Are they serious about getting back to the playoffs? Sure. I think right now, I think this is probably a playoff team. But that's the difference. The, the goal and the bar of making the playoffs is different than the goal and the bar of winning a Super Bowl for the first time in 60 years. And I almost feel like Vikings ownership and even a certain segment of the fan base sort of put the two things together. Well, if you just, if you just get in the playoffs, no. This isn't the NHL where you can just sort of get in and your goalie gets hot and a seven seed goes to the Stanley Cup finals every other year, right? Like that that's not how the NFL works. Mm-hmm. Now, now good not great teams can win a game or get to the championship game, but they're not winning a Super Bowl. And so to me, this just says, yeah, the Vikings are committed to being relevant, they're committed to being good, and they definitely make splash moves in free agency and they make trades over the course of the Wolf's ownership, you know, 15 years and that's all great. But they aren't serious about winning a Super Bowl when you're paying a good quarterback great money. You know that's why? My thought. You know why they're not? Because it comes back to the old adage: "You don't know what you don't know." Think about this. Every time we reference what the Wilfs want now, and as you said, Phil, they bought this team in 2005, so we're going on what 16 years. Every time we talk about like the desire of what they want for the franchise, we talk about what the Giants are like or were like what the Steelers are like. We never talk about, 16 years in, we never talk about the Vikings culture. We never talk about what have the Vikings set as their culture. Like when And when the Wills bought the team, they're football fans. I totally get that. You don't have that culture. It needs to be built. But it should be built within a 10-year period. And it's not been. It's been built by, so it's good to have people who own the team who don't meddle and enjoy and are willing to spend and and are really good to the franchise. I mean, the Wilfs have treated this franchise really well. They respect it. They love the sport. They have cultivated relationships with alumni that have been outstanding. They've done a lot of good things. But think about the core being of this franchise, which is to win a Super Bowl, a championship. And then you tell me what has changed about what they know about doing that, what they have charted as the path they trust other people to to do it. And look, if if you hit on the right guy, if you hit hit on the odd Belichick Brady combination, you're going to be in damn good shape and you're going to establish a culture that is really good and you're going to win probably multiple championships as the Patriots did. But if you trust um Brad Childress who was fine but not great and then Rick Spielman and then Zim who has his own definite view of how football should be played and that is circa 1976 you're trusting people that don't necessarily know how to build again. I mean, you can't 
and it's going to sound silly, but you can't ignore the fact that who does Zim to this day always talk about calling? Bill Parcells. I call Bill Parcells. I call. I talk to Billy about this and that. And Bill Parcells knows the secret ingredient, but it's never really been transferred. But I just, I find it so interesting that we go back to, with the Wilf so many times, the Giants or the Steelers as Graf did. Guys, you're 16 years in. You should have the culture down of what, of what, what's the Vikings formula? Not what is that good. To, I, mean, I mean, I can look at Clooney and say, I'm going to model myself after George Clooney, Judd Zolgad. Yeah, I look at George Clooney. I'm going to, I'm going to. You, abs- you, you, you do have some like bizarro George Clooney, you know, like the thick frame glasses, very stylish, little, little touch of gray but, in the beard. But, but you know what? It's going to get me nowhere. Like I can want to do that. I can say that, you know, I can say, um, you know, I'm a combination of, of Clooney and John Stamos or whatever. It's not going to matter what I say, you know, I'm still Judd. What's my culture. What's my being and 16 years in to owning this team. The fact that the Vikings really still don't know who they are is why they is a big part to me of why they don't have a championship. Yeah. I, I love the way you put that. It's, uh, yeah, they've they've been trying to imitate, and really, they they've sort of been the diet Steelers and the diet Giants since taking over. The those franchises have combined for, I believe, four Super Bowl championships since the Wilfs took over ownership sixteen years ago. The Vikings have been mostly stable, like they've you know they've only had I think three head coaches over that stretch, so it's a little worse than the other two franchises. Uh, the Vikings make the playoffs but can't win the Super Bowl. They're, they're basically a diet version of the Steelers and, and the Giants. And I just can't get over this fear of, I'm going to read you this excerpt one more time here, this little, this little two-sentence snippet. This, this is what, I don't think they understand what Super Bowl blueprints look like. The ownership. Mm-hmm. The Wilfs message when it came to a potential Cousins trade was simple. Don't make us worse at the sport's most important position. The appetite for a rookie quarterback or a veteran worse than Cousins wasn't there because they still think their window to win the division is open. And so what what that's telling you is they think Kirk Cousins, and they're right about this, is a division-winning quarterback. Like, if all things go right and Kirk Cousins is your quarterback, you can win a division. And that is unequivocally true. Absolutely. Like, you can go, well, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll take the 16-game schedule math here. Don't even get me started on trying to figure out what a 17, like it's so easy for us to say 11 and five, 10 and six. Now we're going to have to be like 11 and uh, six, <laughs> which isn't how it, wait, uh, hold on a second, 12 and five, 12 and five. Yeah. Um, I, so I, I agree. If your goal is to win a division this year, then keeping Kirk cousins is, is probably the, the quickest way to at least keep your offense relevant. But when you zoom out to a Super Bowl blueprint, the ownership group has a fear of a rookie quarterback. And part of that's because they whiffed on Christian Ponder and Teddy Bridgewater didn't work out because he snapped his leg in half. But when you look at teams that win the Super Bowl, a huge percentage of them, the last 20, 25 years, have rookie contract quarterbacks. They don't all win the Super Bowl in their first year as a quarterback. I get that. But like they're they're hyper focused on 2021 and just like avoiding irrelevance in 2021. That's their main goal. And if it were me, my main goal would be let's zoom out to like a three or five year window here because we owe it to this fan base to win a Super Bowl. What's the best thing we can do to win a Super Bowl? And I would say whether it's this year or next year, at some point, 
you have to get a rookie quarterback that can be your eight to 10 year guy, or at the very least that you can take advantage of in the first five years of his play in the NFL, when he's on a rookie scale contract and build a monster roster around that guy. People always rag on the Christian Ponder years, rightfully so, because he was garbage and like he couldn't even make it as a backup holding a clipboard. He was just out of the league in five years. But imagine flipping the equation around this way. What if they had been right about Christian Ponder? They went they went ten and six. They had a great offensive line. They had they still had great defenders in their prime. They were able to build a really, really good roster around Christian Ponder. Now they like they could have used another wide receiver weapon. But Adrian Peterson was in his prime running for 2,000 yards. And that team with the worst quarterback in the NFL still went 10-6. and six. I think they won the division in 2012. They beat the Packers in Week 17 with a garbage quarterback. Imagine if they had been right about Christian Ponder and he was more of a Josh Allen type. They might have won a Super Bowl. And so like, people point to the Christian Ponder era and they say, that's evidence for why you, you can't draft a rookie quarterback because it's too risky. And I say. Well, even if that quarterback sucks because he makes no money, you can build a monster roster around that guy. What if you're right about the quarterback? What if you get a Russell Wilson? What if you get a Josh Allen? Think more positively about it. But they're so scared of, oh, my God, what if we whiff on a rookie quarterback? And then, like, we whiff on another draft pick, and now we're 4-12 and every year. I mean, Rick Spielman has some flaws, but put some more faith in a guy that's built some pretty good rosters over the course of 15 years. Are you that deathly afraid that he's going to forget how to draft edge rushers and forget how oh. to draft skill position players like Stefan Diggs and Justin Jefferson? Like the, this, this organization is beyond like where the Jets and the Lions and the Browns are at, where they just have to like worry about going two and 14 every year. So have some, have some faith, I guess is what I'm saying. If you don't trust uh, Rick to find the next QB and you might not, then he's not the right guy for this job. One, if you don't think that your your uh, chief football official can identify what's the most important position in the sport that you own a team, and I think that there is a case to be made the most important position in all of sports, then you've got the wrong guy. So that's one. Two is, okay, let's say you're bad for two years. Vikings fans will be frustrated. They will be mad about it. But you know what? They're not going away. It's not going to be like the Wolves. I mean, you would have to be bad for 20 years. This is football. It's a different animal. This is a Vikings town. So if you have a rough patch of two years, but it's clear you know what you're doing, okay? So I'm not talking about you go in the toilet and you just lose control. I'm talking about a coherent plan. The last thing is, and I would tell the Wolves this, and we use we throw this word around a lot too, and it's probably the wrong word to throw around to people who, who are um who are scared of failure. We probably should stop using the word rebuild. And what I would call the post cousins era, which is coming up at some point here, maybe soon, is a pivot. We're pivoting off of cousins. Because really, if you go back to 2018, I'll keep hammering this home. He was the final piece of a Super Bowl puzzle. And by the way, the year before, you had a really good team, and you had a killer defense, and you had a quarterback who had a magical carpet ride, but subsequently proved after that himself in different locations that that was not sustainable. And so you pivoted to a quarterback who you thought and and was the rare quarterback who was actually good and on the market that he was your ticket to a Super Bowl. 
you proved to be wrong. But it was worth the shot, and there was nothing wrong with that shot. And you signed him for three years, which actually was ideal, because if he had been gone after three years, you saw what he could do. You saw what he couldn't do. It was disappointing, but you took your shot. I would use the word pivot. You're pivoting now. You're pivoting to the next phase of your of your football life. And I think the Wolves, I want to say that from watching how this team is run, at least sports-wise, I have no idea about their business dealings. Uh, sports-wise, they are afraid of change, and they are afraid of the unknown. And in sports, you can't be. You have to embrace it. What's next? And if you say to yourself, yeah, but what about Rick? I mean, he can't find me that quarterback. Then Rick's not the right guy. Then then he's gone, and you bring in a person who you think can. But you can't be afraid of change, and you can't be afraid of, as long as there's a plan in place, a dip down to get back up. And not just get back up, but take a shot at a Super Bowl. Because right now, Phil, I will tell you unequivocally, I have zero faith that the Vikings are in a Super Bowl opportunity window right now. I don't. Yeah. Well, so let's raise a glass. Let's cheers to Kirk Cousins Day. Let's mm. cheers to Chain at Restaurant Roulette. AJ, and yep. let Yep, there Lord, it is. I got something. I got the Dave and, the Dave and there, Buster. AJ? I won this at, won this at Dave and Buster's. Oh, okay. Yeah, some water. Oh, very nice. I'm a winner. Yeah. Very nice. I'm glad and to let's, see you got it. And let's cheers. You know what? And there is a little bit of reason to celebrate. Let's cheers to the Vikings being relevant again. The Vikings are going to be a playoff team again, and they're going to be good again. Someday, maybe they'll aspire to be great. Someday, maybe they'll no. aspire to be a Super Bowl. I'll champ. cheer the greatness. You're going to wait. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to wait till they're great. I've seen enough good, okay? I've seen a lot of good since 1978. By the way, speaking of greatness, uh, the Score North app is a great place oh, for you guys to... You Consume all of the Score North related content in one area. It's free to download. You can read all of Judd's articles. You get push notifications for breaking news. All of our podcasts, Mackie and Judd, Purple Daily, um, The Scoop of Doogie, Royce Unchained, 10,000 Swings, all, all kinds of stuff on there. And we're giving away $100 a day to someone who opens the Score North app. That person will also be entered to win a $10,000 prize pack from one of our nine partners. It's Score North's Pick Your Prize Month. Open the Score North app, register, enter the Pick Your Prize contest. You can enter once a day through March 26th. And it looks like today's winner is Steve Wicks from Fridley. He's now entered to win a $10,000 Pick Your Prize grand prize drawing. A huge thank you as well to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They recently launched My Shield, the online client destination for risk management resources. If you're a business owner and a fan of Minnesota sports teams, I mean, Federated has close relationships with the Gophers, the Timberwolves, Minnesota United, um, and obviously business owners and helping you guys get peace of mind and helping you with your risk management needs. MyShield, find out more about what MyShield can do for your company at federatedinsurance.com or download the app. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Uh, boys, we're going we're gonna to pause real quick here so we can refill our cheers cups. And uh, we're going to talk about Anthony Edwards potentially ushering us into a new era of Timberwolves basketball last night and over the last week here on Mackie and Judd. And sidesteps for three, and that was very James Harden-esque. Anthony Edwards, that one was from way deep. Edwards attacking again. Towns had bridges all over and finds Anthony Edwards underneath, and 
one for Edwards. Towns wide open, set up by Edwards. Edwards took some contact. Another so last night, Judd, I actually had uh, with the the platform that I currently consume Timberwolves games on. I had the Suns broadcast feed. Yes, and so as as the Wolves were chipping away, they were down by fifteen in the third quarter to a legit Suns team. This is one of the better teams in the NBA this year. They 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 won all eight games in the bubble last summer, and then they added Chris Paul, and now they've just become a, it's Chris Paul and Devin Booker, and they're just a really good team. And so they're down by 15 to a legit Suns team. Ant and Cat start going to work. They work their way to to 40 point games. And the, the you wouldn't know like the Suns broadcast crew they love Anthony Edwards and they were praising him. But as the Wolves were sort of making their way back, you know they would just the lead was nine and then it was seven. And then all of a sudden the Wolves tied it and like they didn't get excited or anything. It was just like and there's an and one. Yeah, it gets the bucket, goes to the line. It's like like the biggest play of the game and it's like they're just super low key casual because they're the Suns broadcasting. Right. You said Dave Dave, Dave Benz had oh, his game yeah. Dave, seven Dave, NBA Dave finals ben, last Dave night. Dave Benz was very excited. <laughs> Dave Benz more than, than made up for the lack of enthusiasm coming from the Suns announcing team. Yes, he was very excited. I think he starts he he ordinarily starts to get pretty excited if the Wolves get a deficit down to six, and then it just crescendos from there. I mean, listen, but if you're if you're Dave Benz, night. Dave Benz took over broadcasting what like seven or eight years ago or something, whatever it was. And he has just been crawling through the desert looking for a bottle of water. He had the one year with Tom Thibodeau where they went to the playoffs. But you know what? Last night might as well have been a game seven for him and the Timberwolves. And I think it was the biggest win of the year. I think it was bigger than uh, the Portland win they had last week, in part because most of the time they would just quit after being down by 15 points and they would just let Chris Paul do what he's going to do, hit those little mid range jumpers and stare at the bench and pound his chest. And it was like, like Carl Anthony towns kind of lets that happen sometimes. And that's been a criticism of him. He's a wonderful player, but he just sort of, he can wilt a little bit. He's kind of a beta personality. Anthony Edwards is not. There were some comparisons and we referenced these just sort of before the draft, like, uh, is this something to be worried about? But there were some Andrew Wiggins comparisons oh, to yeah. Anthony Edwards yes. going into the draft. Like, okay, he's he's kind of a volume scorer. Does he really care about defense? He might not love basketball. Um, he has a little bit of a, an aloof personality. Is is this just sort of Andrew Wiggins 2.0? He is the anti-Andrew Wiggins in almost every way. And I, I'll even say, I think he thinks that he's the best player on the court, regardless of who else is on the court with him. He can be on the court with Damian Lillard, and he can be on the court with Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Yep. And Anthony Edwards, in his own mind, thinks that he is the best player, and I love that, Judd. So when it came out that the Wolves were probably going to take him, I think it was was in an ESPN piece. There was a very lengthy, well-written piece about the fact that he, at the time, said... I love football more than basketball, and I, I don't know if he said that he wished that he was a football player, but there was definitely an insinuation that basketball was, uh, at the very best, his second favorite sport, which brought mm. the Wiggins comparisons because we all knew in watching Andrew that he truly did not love basketball, but the issue there and where this turns out to be very different is Andrew really doesn't, in my opinion, love sports. He is a gifted athlete, but that doesn't mean he loves sports. In Edward's case, we misread that. In this sense, Anthony Edwards might love football more than basketball, but he loves to compete and he loves sports and he plays 
the sport of basketball at times, and this is what I loved last night. And and post All Star break, the Wolves are three and two, and a big reason why is Anthony Edwards was clearly told or came to the conclusion that I have to drive to the basket more. Yeah, and and now he's turned to, so he did that for a while, but he wasn't necessarily as aggressive, and he didn't finish plays, and now he is. And so he is I, – I do not think that he is at his best when he is trying to shoot threes. He's going to be good there, I think, and there are times where it's clearly – because the uh, three-point line is farther back than college, it's it's still new to him. Uh, but I think he is at his best easily when he is driving to the basket and he is get, getting fouled. And I loved the maturation last night that I thought was so important, Phil, was first half – First of all, gets incredibly hot on three-pointers. So, and you knew that this was coming. It became heat check time, right? Like, I'm going to go and jack up a bunch of threes. He started to miss them. But in the first half of that game, he did not go to the free throw line once. All right. And I don't know if uh, Chris Finch reminded him at halftime or what, but in the second half, what did he do? He came out and he drove and he went to the free throw line. And there were the and ones that you're talking about. Um, In short, and, and we discussed this on Monday. When it comes to Justin Jefferson, when it comes to Kirill Kaprizov, and when it comes to Ant, I think that we in this town are in great shape with young talent of likable personalities and people who have unbelievable skills. And and any comparison that we might have made at one time between Wiggins and Ant out the window. This is a different oh. this is a different person. And the other thing too, and I mean it's not it's not his playing style, but Phil. He's 19 years old, okay? The personality and the postgame quotes are, are off the charts. He, he he acts like he's 25. Yeah, and, he's well, he's he's a he's a vocal leader like he's But I love it. That, that's another difference between him and Andrew Wiggins, not to make this all about like him versus Andrew Wiggins, but um he's just he's just constantly the energizer bunny, vocal leader, encouraging teammates. When they were when they were closing out a game a few games ago, can't remember if it was the Portland game or another game, and Ricky Rubio is at the free throw line. I think it was the Portland game because they just like Portland's like the Undertaker. They just they just they just keep sitting up. Oh, they're down by twenty. Oh no, they've cut it to eight. Like that's Portland. Yeah. And Ricky Rubio got fouled about a million times at the end of the game, and finally he hits the free throw to put him up by four with like two seconds left. Yep. And Ru- and Aunt Edwards comes up behind him and like slaps him on the back and Rubio kind of turns around like what and, and Edwards is like dude he just you just won the game this is great um, I I just I love that he seems to embrace being the number one guy on the team now sometimes it can get him into trouble when he goes on those heat check sprees like you said where it's like all right dude like you're the number one guy but just let's let's not shoot from the logo he made he made a freaking three from the logo last night like the edge of the yeah. Um, half court logo. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, I think cat. So, so cat has never fully seemed comfortable as the number one guy. There's always been, he always comes off a little insecure, a little whiny sometimes. And he's just, he, I don't know. I, I sort of see why Jimmy Butler didn't love cat's personality, mm-hmm. but, but cat is not cat's a wonderful player. And it's very obvious five or six years into his career that he just needs to be sort of the Pau Gasol to a Kobe. He's got sort of a, I was texting you this last night, he's got sort of a Lamar Odom personality a little bit where he's wonderfully talented, could do anything. He's better than Lamar Odom, uh, but he's not going to be like 
the guy who leads you to championship glory. He needs to slot in as like the second or third guy. I think it's just becoming a little bit more obvious. Um, and, and Anthony Davis had a little bit of that too. Like you got to go find your LeBron. Well, maybe Anthony Edwards can be that for cat. And we're sort of seeing that manifest on the court right now Yep. that, that Carl gets to sit and be a, almost be a passenger in Ant's car, but he's also just as talented of a player, if not more. And so it kind of, it kind of works out best of both worlds. Cat though, is a personality passenger. Like he's better than a passenger as as far as the playing goes, but yeah, I mean, he's a better he, play. He's a better yeah, player than him. But but Cat will never be, and this this is just him. It's not even really a criticism. Cat will never be the heartbeat of a team. Ant is, and and I am not making comparisons between these two guys as players because Ant is, you know, still new, a rookie. But you know what Ant is personality wise. He is a reinforcing positive Jimmy Butler. <laughs> like yeah. like he he runs his mouth. He's a great quote. He Butler was as far as when he talked to us likable. Like he was a great quote. He was he didn't get I never saw him be, become a true jerk to us. Ant is a positive Jimmy Butler. He think about this. He talks just as much he provides just as many great quotes, but what does he do? He talks about everybody, and and Jimmy picked his guys, right? Like Tyus, he loved Tyus. I love Tyus. Tyus is the greatest. Never said a bad word. Um, but unfortunately, that reinforcement ended at a certain point with players. I am yet to hear Ant be like, "Yeah, you yeah. know, I had to carry Cat." He's always like, "Oh, Cat's doing this and Cat's doing that." He almost convinces you. He's a positive. Last night, he, he was he was pumping. He was punching uh, a pump and hurting Gomez's yeah. tires last po- night after post the game. game. He's like, but tell him to shoot, man. You're costing yourself money when you don't shoot. It's a, yeah. I love it. He's Blues Clues Butler. He's just Mr. Positive. Yes. We're just talking about basketball. We're just talking <laughs> about basketball. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what he is. But, I mean, you think about it, right? Yep. And 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 so it's it's it just feels like since the all-star break, this whole thing has started to turn a corner that didn't look like it existed. I and mean, there was legitimate, legitimately discussion around the all-star break of is Chris Finch going to regret this? Does Gerson Rosas not know what he's doing? Like how, how desperate are they right now? Because they had banked on D'Lo and cat being the pairing. And for a million different reasons, injury largely, and the fact that they haven't played together, but also I just, I think there's some, there's some flaws in their basketball personalities and games too that like neither D'Lo nor Cat strikes me as the guy that's going to lead your franchise to the promised land personality wise like we've already determined. And so what they've figured out is how to use some of these pieces in an efficient way. They've figured out over the last couple of weeks that Anthony Edwards is the driver of this car and they've figured out that Ant and Cat play a great two-man game off of each other. Mm-hmm. And yesterday we get the update that D'Lo is back in the practice facility pretty soon. He's going to start work. We're, we're sort of in that four to six week window where he's going to start ramping up team activities at some point. Yep. And it looks like the goal is to get him back on the court before the season ends in about seven weeks from now. And this is going to take some potential massaging by Chris Finch, but whatever the wolves do, and they're going to get Beasley back from his 12 game suspension, whatever the wolves do when these guys start coming back, Everything has to start with Ant and Cat. As the, the, the these are the two guys that we are building this thing around. 
We're not gonna we're not gonna put Ant back in the back seat of this van here. He's driving, and Cat's in the passenger seat. And if they want to switch off in those two seats, that's up to them. Everybody else is sitting behind them, and it's gonna be up to Gerson Rosas and Chris Finch. By the way, I looked this up on Basketball Reference. The Wolves' worst two-man lineup combo of all the two-man lineup combos they've run all season. The worst two-man lineup combo they have this season is a minus 18 points per 100 possessions, and it's D'Lo and Ant on the court at the same time. So you're going to have to find a way to, if D'Lo's going to play 30 minutes or whatever it is, it, to me, it can't really eat into Ant's minutes, can and Chris, you also can't put them on the court a lot at the same time based on that statistic. Can Chris Finch help with that statistic? Probably. Because I will, I will say this. Um, the biggest difference that I can see between Ryan and Chris Finch, for sure, no question, late in games, it's very different. Yeah, it's very different. Chris Finch Dude, and that, look, yeah. Chris Chris Finch is a coach who has been doing this a long, long enough time, at least as an assistant, where he makes moves late in games that look obvious and easy. And you're like, of course he does. But we saw an extended period there where Ryan didn't, and it really spirals downwards if you don't. So I'll give Chris Finch credit for this. He looks like he knows exactly what he's doing. That he's got control of things. And I will, I will be very curious now to see when Elo and Beasley come back, what the rotations are and how things look, because there is a very different feeling in the switch of coaches now to sort to sort of the tone of this team from that standpoint. So the Wolves, the Wolves' best five man lineup so far this season among the lineups that have at least played, you know, just going through this among lineups that have played at least like thirty minutes together. It's Carl Anthony Towns and Jared Vanderbilt up front. And it's Anthony Edwards, Ricky Rubio, and Malik Beasley in the backcourt. So I like that. I think when Beasley comes, I think the question is, well, when Beasley comes back and when D'Lo comes back and Ant has done what he's done, then, okay, who starts? Well, this lineup, and I think that this lineup's been good even with Ryan Saunders at coach. So if this lineup's already good and maybe they're not even optimizing it, can this lineup be as good or better with Chris Finch pulling the strings? Sure. And then D'Lo comes off the bench for 25, 30 minutes as a scoring punch. That's what I would look to do. That's if we're playing fantasy basketball. How's D'Lo going to take our own that? Lineups. We're playing NBA Live, you know. Yeah, but what, uh, But how, how is the player going to react to that move if he's coming off the bench when he was acquired to be the one-two uh, Batman-Robin tandem. I get it. With his but don't you? But don't you think we're we're kind of at the point here where feelings don't matter? Like this franchise has been garbage for the better part of, well, the better part of thirty years. But since KG left, you got feelings. Don't D'Lo's feelings don't matter. It's sort of bad luck. Yeah, man. The, the original plan was Ryan was going to be the original coach, and you and Cat were going to play together, and all of that has gotten blown up over the last year. Yeah. And so the the new plan, the future, which is now, as Chris Finch said last night. It's Ant and Cat, and then we're going to optimize and and feed those guys whatever they need for complimentary pieces, and everything else sort of takes a back seat. Feelings take a back seat. So now the problem with D'Lo as a sixth man is you're paying him to be you're paying him max money to be a superstar, and yeah. so it you know obviously you're going to have to rectify that in some form in the future. But the reality is this is no longer the D'Lo and Cat show; it's the Ant show with Cat. And those two guys have to be serviced first. I will say this of, of the three young players that 
we talked about Jefferson with the Vikings, Kaprizov with the Wild, and Ant with the Wolves. In every case, I want those three with their respective teams to be featured players. I have no interest in breaking them in. Um, I have no, you know, they're they're not cute players who, oh, they're going to be good. No, they're good now. So in all three of those cases, I want each one of them to have every single opportunity to succeed right now, not in a year. And in Kaprizov's case, that's that is taking place right now. But that goes back to Jefferson. And can we get him the ball? You know, first two games, we didn't get him the ball. Well, that's on you. And you need to fix that. And Ant is the same thing. Do what you have to do with D'Lo. That's absolutely fine. But you're right. This now needs to start with Ant and Carl, and it needs to evolve from there. Because this, if this is going to be successful, that combination can work will work, and I will, with Ant, you've got to keep in mind what I think he means to this team both on and off the court. And at 19, when you will grab the reins and talk up Wancho and Ricky and do what he's done, that cannot be ignored as far as changing the environment of a team that's had a crappy environment now for a long time, including the Tibbs year, because the environment was not good. Yep. By the way, if you have a broken down phone, tablet, or laptop, or, or a or a max contract point guard that's broken down, any any of those, what things. can I do with that? Well, I don't know what you can do about the broken down max contract point guard, but those other things, Wamatech can help you out because Wamatech is a trusted supplier of pre-owned cell phones, tablets, and laptops. They are a local company based in Minnesota. And they source pre-owned devices directly and pass the savings on to you guys. They'll even buy your old device for cash. Find out more at whamatech.com. That's W-A-M-A-T-E-K dot com. Real quick, uh, Judley, how bad is the Matt Dumba injury from last night? Doesn't look good. He he went into the board skate first. Uh, He somehow jammed it looked like his right ankle slash leg, and he could not put any weight on that right leg going off the ice. So. I'm guessing he's out for a while. Um, what we saw last night in Colorado is this. If the abs are bound and determined to say, you know what, we're going to put our foot to the, we're, we're going to put the gas pedal to the floor tonight. They are superior to you right now. It does not mean that the wild is bad. Uh, they played, they played a terrible game, but that, I think last night was more about the abs and, and the fact that, that they're a team that was favored by a lot of people going into the season, Phil, to win the Stanley Cup. And they've had sort of an erratic uh, start to the season, and they had a lot of guys hurt. Those guys are starting to come back. But look, when you have, starting with that Nathan McKinnon line and Landis Skog and Rantanen, you are the better team. And they showed that last night, and they skated circles around our boys, which is also the reason why. Bill Guerin should not, and I don't think he, he will, mortgage any of the future at the April uh, 10th trade deadline this year because you're not there yet. Like last night, last night just showed that. It doesn't mean that you're not on the right um, trajectory, and it does not mean that you are a bad team. But the Avs are potentially, when they want, they want to be a great team, and last night they were basically started that game saying, Man, your your five game win streak is really really cute. That's really great. Now let's drop the puck, and they Not were yet. unbelievable. Yeah, I think so. You and I were gonna initially we were gonna do sort of a how aggressive should the Wild be at the trade deadline in three or four weeks. 
but um let's let's wait till dex comes back and let's do let's let's digest the weekend and let's do a deep dive into that early next week because last night's one of those games where i don't think especially in hockey baseball too like you should never base your trade deadline decisions off of one game but last night might have been a little bit of a reality check in that okay okay maybe maybe when you start to size up line versus line against some of the better teams in the NHL maybe this team is a, is like a year further away than you thought and maybe it makes more sense to explore the free agency market or off-season markets That's as opposed to like overpaying at the deadline exactly or something exactly right so yeah so we'll we'll, we'll do a dive into that next week but uh, that's a wrap on on today's episode of Mackie and Judd. Rom-Com Rewind will be back next week. We're sorry, those folks. Of, those of you, uh, I know that I, it's funny. We, we are tongue-in-cheek, but it is it, Action Movie Rewind and Rom-Com Rewind, legitimately some of our most fun shows, and the response from you guys has been great, too. Don't forget to click the subscribe button on our YouTube pages, Score North MN and Purple Daily Podcast. We just cleared the 17,000 subscriber mark combined between the two channels Thank you. yesterday. So, boom. Thank you. Huge thank you. And uh, and by the way, AJ Fredrickson, I know you've been grinding behind the scenes here while we spew takes about Ant Edwards, but he's been filling in for Declan all week on Mackie and Judd. They're, they're calling him the fake Declan in the YouTube comments. He's, done, a he's great, done an awesome job. He's done a great job. I'm, I'm, I think I'm Declan if there was like a freshman 50 that didn't go away. <laughs> That's, you know what? You, you, are, you are a normal Declan. <laughs> I'd say you're more the norm than Declan is. Normal guy Declan. Normal guy Declan. Yeah, well, I mean, look, he like like most people do gain weight. Yeah. I mean, I, Declan's I, got the head of the curve. Well, another, <laughs> you know what? I am not casting stones, AJ. I am not I am not here to cast stones or pass judgment on you. Yeah, no. Declan's he's he's a big Corona Seltzer guy. I am going to go with the cheap beer out of the fridge. You know Phil, you know, you know what I just thought of Phil? Is AJ possibly Ant? And Declan Delo, like, is there wow. a decision to be made here? I mean, I, 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 I think we're gonna need one more game just to see. But boy, AJ, AJ's bringing the and ones like Ant was last night. So, yeah. All right. So for for Judd, for Phil, and for freshman fifty Declan <laughs> slash AJ, thanks for hanging out with us here on Mackie and Judd. We'll see you guys next time.